Do you feel beautiful? Do you look beautiful? Does one really affect the other? Welcome to Beauty Inside and Out with host Bonnie Bonadeo. In our show, we'll help you uncover your true self and unleash beauty that you never knew existed in order to be at your best, both inside and out. Now, here is your host, Bonnie Bonadeo. Everybody, welcome to Beauty Inside Out. You're listening to us live from the Voice America Network, as well as it podcasts onto Spotify, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and many, many more uh, syndications that we have going on right now to over 50,000 wonderful listeners. Thank you guys for listening. We got something a little different going on here today, so I'm excited to be able to introduce to you my guest. And uh, and get some and get some input for you. Now we are live on Facebook as well. Um, so for my Facebook friends that are going to be joining me, um, you know, tap in. Let me know that you're here. And if you're just listening to us on the audio version right now, you can always watch the video version of it on my Facebook page, and that's Bonnie at Bonnie Bonadeo. You'll be able to find me there. Now I want to do a quick shout out to my sponsors right now. And that is Chella Beauty. So how to brow in three easy steps. Hello, beautiful. And you can find them at Chella.com. That's C-H-E-L-L-A.com. And then, of course, Brand Me. This is the, the, the online program for solopreneurs and entrepreneurs to help you define that brand. Because what we know and understand is that it's really hard to authentically sell ourselves. And you can find that information at brandme.club. And Glutidose, this is an immune boosting system that's going to be able to help you feel better and look better. Of course, beauty from the inside out. And you can find Glutidose at glutidose.com slash beauty. So, all right. Welcome, you guys. I'm really excited about this show because it's a little different than what we've done. But we're in the month of April, and I categorized and themed April as the month of inspiration. (laughs) And I can tell you that over the years, I have been truly inspired by astrologists, astrology, and astrologers um, in all of that order. And back in, oh my gosh, it must have been, I must have been in my late 20s, and I sat down with an astrologer who did a very extensive report on me based on my birthday, based on my birth time, based on my birth location. And um, shockingly detailed. And I remember him saying something really interesting to me. And it's so relevant to uh, where I'm at at this point in my life. He said, you're, you're, you're naturally a teacher and you're always going to be in that teaching role. And you're going to always find opportunities where you're going to be the educator. And it's, and it's in relation to beauty. It's, it's somehow it's beauty and wellness. He says, but unfortunately, you're not going to peak until you're about 50. And of course, I'm 20 something and I'm like, oh, my God, what am I going to be doing between now and then? Um, And I'd always been in beauty. So I knew that that was the path I was going to stay on. But it really did. I mean, that really was more of me really finding myself at that point. And I found all of it to be very interesting. So I want you to meet my guest, Samuel Reynolds. He is a former a skeptic of astrology, but um, he had a visit with a life-changing astrologer and and then has since spent over 25 years um, studying charts, studying astrology, and now he writes and teaches um, astrology full-time. So welcome, Samuel. This is such an interesting story. Hi, Bonnie. Thank you for having me. You bet. Yeah. So give us a little bit about your former skeptic um, time and how this all evolved for you to then become this astrologer. 
Well, I probably should start at what I could term it as the beginning. I was once an evangelical minister. So, um, and I went into the ministry when I was 12, 12 years old. And I, for, for reasons related to my religion at the time, I was also very hostile to astrology. I found even one of my sermons where I preached against the Zodiac. So my skepticism or hostility toward astrology started early. And then eventually I did, I mean, I went to college and I fell out with the church. I fell out with the idea of God. And so by the time I encountered astrology again, which was around 23, I was an atheist and I was immersed in an academic program pursuing my master's and PhD. And at that time, everything for me was focused on race, gender, and class. That was the nature of my study. So if it wasn't empirical, empirical or testable, I just didn't have as much use for it. I still was fond of tarot, but I, I saw that tarot, because I did some tarot and I studied also numerology, I found that more, I won't say entertaining as much as open-ended. Astrology, for whatever reason, I saw as like closed-ended, which is the perception a lot of people have. It's kind of like, oh, this is like supposedly the planets are dictating your fate. Long story, much shorter. I had a friend who was very into astrology and I'm born on the cusp between Scorpio and Sagittarius. And she was convinced from knowing me a, li a little more, I was like, oh, you're a Scorpio. And I was convinced, I was like, well, if I had to choose between being the bug and the centaur, <laughs> I would prefer to be the centaur. So I'm pretty much the centaur. And it's dictating. So I, um, I focused on being, I had a friend who was very- Oh, I think I'm coming in. And <laughs> I'm born on the cusp between Scorpio and Sagittarius. Oh. Okay, anyway. Um, knowing me, so I was convinced. I, was like, oh, you're I don't know if that Scorpio. I'm getting a background. Well, if I had to choose between being the bug and the centaur, okay. I would prefer. Anyway, um, so I I was looking for a book. I um, it's a very obscure book, <laughs> and I found it up. I was living in Philadelphia, and I found it in an esoteric bookshop in North Philadelphia, and the proprietor was an astrologer. And I found the book there and I was like, okay, great. Thank you. And he was like, oh, well, you ever had a chart reading? And I was like, no, but, and I was about to walk out the door and he was like, well, he started talking to me about astrology. And I saw this as an opportunity to kind of shut my friend up. Cause I was like, okay, then I can probably find out decidedly. And this is before the internet. This is before you could easily mm -hmm. find out online with software. I was like, well, I can shut my friend up and finally find out that I am indeed a centaur. So we set up the appointment. He did a chart reading and, I got to tell you, Bonnie, for the first 15 minutes, I thought it was malarkey because he was saying things. I was like, well, I mean, like you could do like a quick read. Yeah. Things about me. I mean, I told him I was in a PhD program and he was complimentary. He was like, oh, you seem like a pretty smart guy. And I was like, well, yeah, chances are I'm not an idiot. I mean, I told you I was in a PhD program. So yeah. can we do a little more than that? And then it happened. He started talking about some dynamics in my family, some things that happened even before I was born. I mean, specifically yeah. time frame when my mother was carrying me in utero that I hadn't told anybody and it was beyond the pale of guesswork. So um, not only did he say I was a Scorpio, I proved I was a Scorpio because I then spent 10 years trying to disprove astrology and find <laughs> out how he had accomplished what I thought at that time was a trick. So there you go. 
Oh my gosh. So you are a Scorpio. I am. I have a son in Scorpio. Okay, good, good. I love that. And and it's true. I think people are sometimes very confused when they're on the cusp. But before we go any further, Samuel, I think maybe I would love to hear how you define um, astrology versus maybe how we've always viewed it. Because, you know, when you said, you know, we didn't have access to it online. So I would wait for the Sunday paper and then I would read my weekly astrology in the Sunday paper or it happened to be in the back of a, of a beauty magazine. Um, that I would read it. Uh, and, you know, I mean, I, I guess it, that's how we are been introduced to it. But how do you define it? Okay, well, let's start there. And then I'll go into a broader definition of astrology. Um, what I like to say, especially when people are familiar with what we call sun sign astrology, Mm-hmm. That in sun sign astrology is when, like I just said, I have a son in Scorpio, I'm a Scorpio, or whatever sign you are, um, or like, you know, we have our president who's a Gemini or our former president who was a Leo. That's what people know as astrology. And the, the way I put it, I can give two analogies. One analogy is that knowing about your sun sign, whether you're learning that from a website um, or whether you are... Um, looking at it from, you know, a newspaper, mm-hmm. is that that's probably more so the movie trailer. You know, we could say that that's more so the average, the astrologer on some level, just to be really direct, you know, some aspect of marketing, you know, just like you're selling the movie, you know, when you're doing a trailer, it's kind of an intro. And so when you're reading about your horoscope, you're getting more the entry level of understanding about who you are. So that's the, the key thing to understand. And that's really just at the beginning. So like when you look at a movie trailer, rarely do you feel like, okay, I've seen the movie, I'm done. The, the, the trailer is designed to kind of pique your interest yeah. in seeing the movie. And that's the same kind of thing in terms of reading horoscopes and these different things. The other analogy I like to give is that imagine that you are at the lobby level of a rather very tall building. I live in well, I live in Newark now, but I live in the New York City area, and I lived in Brooklyn for a long time. So imagine going to the Empire State Building, being at the lobby level and thinking like, okay, done. Uh, this is great. This is all we need. Or Rockefeller Center and seeing the beautiful artwork there. That's astrology at the level we're talking about. It. It's just the lobby level. We're, uh, yeah, I, I can see that. The edifice of astrology is vast and tall and complex. And I think that's the thing that most people don't realize. So they ask questions that are sensible, but they'll ask questions like, well, how can we reduce the human population, all 7 billion of us, to just 12 particular characteristics or 12 quote-unquote signs? And that's not what astrology is. So what is astrology? I give multiple definitions, but one of my favorite definitions of astrology is to define it as the correlation between how we look at lights and look at the the geometry of light between planets and how that parallels with our experience on earth. And then also to see our experiences on earth, how Mm -hmm. they parallel the movement of the heavens. Mm. And I think that's important to talk about the word parallel, also correlation, because many people, including myself, look at astrology as just the simple aspect of correlation. Whereas astrologers say always as above, so below, as within, so without, so as the soul, so the cosmos. So we're talking about 
a vision of the cosmos or a vision of life in analog, in in uh, repartee, in kind of like a dance, um, a cosmic dance, or as we talk about the music of the spheres, where it's so much more about when you look at your chart, just as the astrologer talked to you, it's being able to see what are the possibilities and the probabilities that are embedded, you know, from the time you were born as what you come to unlock, what you come to focus on. And it's not so much that it's just singularly dictated by the heavens as much as how you relate to your environment, how you relate to yourself. Okay. We go to the same discussion when we talk about genetics, for example, and we, people don't have the problems with genetics in that way. And I'm not saying that astrology is a hard science, but just like anything, it's more so how it comes to describe how we are and then how we meet that description. Mm. So you don't think that it's, you think to some degree it's predisposed. It's based on. Well, I think something, yeah. One of the things I like to say is that fate has two arms and one of them is your own. Yeah. So, you know, one that one arm that is not yours. Those are circumstances that we deal with all the time. You know, whether you're talking about life as being say a woman or a woman who's in Bangladesh circa 1960, right? There are certain circumstances that are not quite in your control. But you also do have circumstances that are within your control that you also can change. So what's important with astrology is it tells you or shows you how to start working that one arm that is yours. Mm. Kind of, I mean, that's like creating direction, just like anything. Correct. Just creating some sense of direction. I want to say too, Samuel, that this astrologer um, really tapped into... I'm not going to say to the depth of past lives, but but innate features and personalities and things that I needed to overcome in this life, sure. like things I was challenged by and things that I needed to have an awareness of so that I could, you know, maximize and live the, my life to the fullest type of thing. Um, I still have this report somewhere. It is like, obviously, it's in a box somewhere. But I still have it. And one of these days I'm going to find it and I'm going to go back and read it. And I'm probably going to be like, you know, shocked and have my jaw drop. Did he or she write it out for you? It was a he. Okay. And did they write it out for you or did you have like a face-to-face or on the phone? Yes, it was a face-to-face. And then he provided me more of a detailed report following it. So it was was like a record. Or was it a computerized report? Do you know? Yeah, it was. And then he added into it. So okay, he added okay. in some of it to it. And then there was kind of a recording and everything. So it was pretty, it was pretty extensive, but it was kind of a computer generated report that just kind of gave you an overview, you know, where you kind of were positioned in it all. And then, um, you know, more detail of, you know, my, my past, my present, and then what my future looks like in a sense, but it was, yeah, it was I mean, re- really interesting. I, I, I see it all depends on the astrologer's belief system. Right. So there are some astrologers who are very much into past lives and then will talk to you about past lives. Um, Then there are astrologers who are not so much into that, but focus in on what's happening in this life, in this aspect of your consciousness. Now, you might say, well, what really is going on? The key thing to understand is that when you're born, a chart, an astrology chart or a birth chart, is a snapshot of the heavens where the planets were Mm. when you were born. And what that symbolizes is 
the recognition that the cosmos was dealing with certain energies that you are reflective of. Mm-hmm. And why I say you're reflective of because you're focused on you, right? Um, and so by virtue of being reflective of that moment, you're living out things that both came before you, whether we're talking about that in the cosmic sphere or we're talking about that in the socialized sphere, meaning in terms of like the current moment of your era. And then you're working on those dynamics in the quality of your life. So, you know, for instance, like Dr. King, I can use him as an example with his chart pretty handy for me. Uh, he has a, a configuration in his chart, which is Mars in one particular position and Saturn directly opposite to that in the sky. Now you could look at that and say like, we, we love to say astrologers love to describe it as like driving with the brakes on or having to deal with the conscious discipline of Martian impulses, which is impulsivity, anger, all these particular things. Now that could have been, you know, a statement of just Dr. King living out impulsivity and trying to discipline that. But that also became the larger issue of what became nonviolence, of how you confront aggression in some disciplined manner. And so he found a way to articulate his chart, and I think that's the key thing that we're all struggling to do, to articulate his chart that worked with his life circumstances. And that's the beauty of astrology. That's what I think. I strive for as an astrologer to help clients, people, whether I'm writing for astrological sites, to better articulate who they are and what they want. Okay, good. Got it. So when we when we make this reference, and believe me, whether you believe in astrology or not, I hear numerous people make this reference all the time. And it's like, oh, God, Mars must be in retrograde. <laughs> <laughs> what does that really mean? So it, most likely, they're talking also about Mercury retrograde. That's a, a big concern oh, Mercury, for a yeah, lot of people. But Mars is also, you know, all the planets retrograde except the sun and the moon. The sun and the moon do not retrograde. So what they're talking about is just imagine the order of planets moving forward and then suddenly seeming to reverse in that order in the sky. Mm. So that's what we're talking about. A planet seems to be going backwards. Now, Astronomers, NASA always try to play astrologers and say like, well, the planets are not really retrograding. They're not moving backwards in the sky. We know that. We have known that for thousands of years. But it's the appearance that they're moving backwards. And what that symbolizes is that somehow our traditional habitual way of doing things related to that planet's energy has to shift, has to change, because that planet is going toward some aspect of renewal. Mercury is a perfect example of that. What's happening with Mercury when he goes retrograde, Mercury has everything to do with how we experience exchanges. And I call that the three, the three comms, anything from communication to commerce to commuting. So when we have to deal with those three things, and we all do in the modern world, when Mercury is retrograde, we are challenged in some way to recalibrate how we do one of those three things. Mm. And a lot of people don't want to change. And sometimes, depending on your chart, that's going to be much more of an issue than others. And then other times, it may not be much of an issue at all. But that's generally what people are responding to. But because often people don't want to change, they have like this resistance and it's all this other extra pent up nervousness and wariness about Mercury retrograde as an example. But Venus also goes retrograde. Um, Pluto, Jupiter is retrograde right now. So there are these things that we, you know, different ways in which we can understand these planets related to their motion. 
Yeah, but that makes sense because, you know, communication, commerce, and community. Um, those, oh, commuting, those, commuting. I like that other, you added a fourth one. Community is another one. That, oh, yeah. what, what was the third one? Commuting. commuting. You know, getting around, oh. which is like getting on a plane or train or a bus or your car. Yeah, so there could be some hiccups in those areas, yeah. Correct. I mean, I think for the most part, Samuel, that everybody is pretty much aware of what their astrological sign is. And I think that most people would agree that they kind of align with it. Now, um, my fiance is a Scorpio too. Oh, okay. Um, but I have, a, I have a question because I was having this conversation with somebody the other day. Um, and I, I've always, I mean, I don't think he kind of fits that model, but he was also born two months early. So he was born on Halloween, but he was supposed to be born on Christmas. And I just wonder, is there, is there a, a supposed reflection or is it when you're born? It is literally when you are born. Okay. All right. So there is no accident. When you're born when you're born. And so yeah. you are still reflective of that moment. Now, many people don't have all of the associations that are made with their sun sign, which they may also be, feel like, well, that's proof that astrology is bunk not recognizing the complexity of it. So for instance, you have at least three main signs that are important for you. There's the sun sign, there's the moon sign, and there's something that we call the rising sign. So the sun sign, most people know, because mm -hmm. that's based on literally the date when you were born, where the sun is in a particular sign. The moon sign is less known because it really does depend on the date and year and some, some measure of the time when you were born. So that gives us more a handle on your emotions, how you embody your day-to-day -day experience. And when I say embody, even dealing with some aspect of your physicality, it also deals with some aspects of your childhood, basically how you feel about making the journey that you're making. Then the rising sign is more specific. That is more contingent on the specific location and the exact time when you were born. That's why astrologers ah. really get very keyed up about you know, when were you actually born? Yeah. And the rising sign is the sign that is coming above the horizon when you were born. So that gives us some sense of understanding the route, you know, the way in which you're manifesting the intentions and key journeys and learning experiences of your life. So it's how you feel about it, which is the moon. Then there's mm -hmm. the key intention, the general sense of what you're trying to get out of life. And then there's the rising sign. So any particular point, you might be hooked into not only the sign, the rising sign or the moon sign or the sun sign, but then the planets may be in other signs as well. Right. And by virtue of that, you may be hooked into more the dimensions of that. So for instance, one of the reasons why I thought I was a Sagittarius was my sun is in a part of the chart that often seems like for people like Sagittarius, even to myself. Mm -hmm. So it's very adventurous, wanting to travel, very philosophical, and it's called the ninth house. So we divide a chart into 12 pieces. It's like a pizza pie. And so one of those houses, those pieces, is called the ninth house. So my sun is there. Now, I don't have any planets in Sagittarius, like nothing. So it's not the influence of Sagittarius. It's more the sense of that house. Okay, so, gotcha. And so that's why I also didn't feel like, well, I'm not like a Scorpio. My brother, um, my brother was born at the beginning. He's also, quote, unquote, cusp. Uh, he was born at the beginning of Scorpio. And he seemed to match many of the demarcations and delineations for Scorpio, mm -hmm. you know, contents, brooding, you know, <laughs> all these other ways in which it's like, oh, blah, blah. Assertive. And I'm like, I'm not like that. 
he's whatever. Like, you know, holding in feelings, you know, all these other things that are, and, you know, very passionate. No. And so it's like, I was like, okay, it's chill. But I didn't have that same kind of proclivity, although I had some elements of that. So yeah. it was modulated because of other dimensions of my chart. That's why it's important to see an astrologer or get your whole chart or look at a whole chart. It'll put a whole new perspective on everything. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I want to say that one of them came back up. I'm a Gemini. And I want to say that one of them came back up as a Gemini. What did you say? Yeah. Like, you know, the sun, the moon and the, and the rising yeah. signs. I want to say that one, because I'm a Gemini. I want to say that one of those also came up as a Gemini in mine. That could be. Were you born yeah. near dawn? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So like, you're Gemini rising. So yeah. that makes sense because the sun, remember, the sun is in Gemini. You're born near dawn. So the sign that's coming above the horizon when you were born is Gemini. Hmm, okay. Yeah. That that's would how it works. Sense. Yeah. Good. Well, I know we're going to do some um, myth busting yeah. um, here, but we'll, we'll hold out for our second half to be able to do that because, you know, I, I think that there's probably, that's probably where some of the questions are. I think if anybody's had a, a full, a, you know, astrological reading based on date, date, year, and then date, year, location, and exact time, um, then I think that they're probably far more convinced and, and understand who they are in the essence of who they are and who they are in the world. Sure. Um, but, you know, like you said, kind of that lobby level reading of horoscopes um, doesn't, doesn't quite get it. But I think most people agree that whatever their sign is, they own it. You know, right. they, they play it up, they own it. And I don't know whether that's just influenced because of, you know, horoscope and astrology, or if there really is some truth to it. So well, people I don't know. Also, I'm not saying I'm a skeptic, but I mean, good. And I think that skepticism is healthy. I think some people like the sense of belonging, right? And so yeah. one of the, the comforts of the sun sign astrology is it immediately gives some people some sense of belonging to a longer, a, a larger sense of a tribe. Just like, mm. you know, we look at Harry Potter and it's like, well, I belong to Gryffindor or I'm Hufflepuff or I'm Slytherin, you know, or Ravenclaw, yeah. you know, those four houses, just four became a way in which people have a larger sense of identification that reflects who they are. So imagine if we multiply that times three. And I think that's some measure of the identity that people and comfort that people draw from looking at 12 signs. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, listen, we're going to take a quick break here um, and we'll talk about those myths. But uh, first I I want to be able to share with you guys, there's no myth to feeling good or looking healthy. And I, and I personally found a fantastic and very easy uh, use a very easy to use way to boost my immune system and get the antioxidants that I need to maintain my good health. And listen, I try to take good care of myself, um, but I have to admit, between traveling, I don't eat the best. I indulge in a couple cocktails at times, um, and I do too many things like a lot of people nowadays. We multitask quite a bit, and I know I can get burnt out and not feel really good. So I started this nutritional supplement called Glutidose, and I'm taking it every day, and I feel good and I feel like I look good, too. So I just got a text from somebody, and they're like, you look fabulous on, on camera right now. And I'm thinking, okay, thank you. That's perfect. So, of course, that's always about beauty from the inside out. So as we age, there's something that happens. We lose these vital antioxidants, and it's called a glutathione. And it helps to eliminate the free radicals, but helps to support to detox your system. And, of course, as we age, we start to lose some of this. So glutidose is taken daily um, and 
It's uh, in a liquid form, which they say is absorbed best in the body when you can do it in a liquid form. So it's a pre-measured little vial that I take every day. And um, within 30 days, you should start to see some true benefits like feeling more energetic, enjoying better sleep, you know, that really good sleep, um, smoother and healthier skin. So I think that's what my friend might have been talking about. Uh, Eliminate wrinkles and reduce uh, those UV spots that we get on our skin. And if you're over the age of 60, you might see some mental clarity and overall mental performance. And this one is for me and all my gal friends out there. Um, It's going to reduce the symptoms of related hormone imbalances. So whether it's PMS or hot flashes or whatever you might be going through at this point in your life that kind of, you know, taps into depression and anxiety, it's going to help soothe and uh, reduce that. So I've been happy with this. I think you might be happy with it too. So go to glutados.com slash beauty. Let them know that Bonnie from Beauty Inside and Out sent you there. It's glutados.com slash beauty. And it's G-L-U-T-A-D-O-S-E.com slash beauty. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Are you looking to uncover your authentic self? Looking to improve your communication, selling, or public speaking skills? Discover Naked Audience Productions trainings on public speaking, leadership, sales, and healing. Mastering the art of authentic communications can change your life in many ways. From promotions to profits to enhancing any relationship, whether it's business or personal, finding and speaking your naked truth is a beautiful thing. Visit www.napevents.com or call 877-319-2403. That's napevents.com or 877-319-2403. Do you understand your feline friends as well as you'd like? Why do they behave the way they do? If behavior issues get out of hand, how do you fix things? Get the answers and more when you listen to Cat Talk Radio with host Molly DeVos. We'll give you the straight facts, offer some tried and tested ideas, and alert you as to what's being done in this country and worldwide to save cats and shelter challenges. Cat Talk Radio on Voice America Variety. Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no. Disasters happen unexpectedly to people just like you every day. Tune into Preparing for the Unexpected with business continuity and disaster planning expert Alex Bullock. The show will not only help you better prepare for a disaster itself, but also to prepare you, your place of employment, and community for the aftermath emotionally, financially, and with a better level of awareness and a stronger feeling of resiliency. Tune in Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. 
Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Beauty Inside and Out with Bonnie Bonadeo. If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to bonnie at bonniebonadeo.com. That's bonnie at bonniebonadeo.com. Now back to Beauty Inside and Out. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. My guest is Samuel Reynolds. He is an astrologer, a former skeptic, which we shared in the first half. Um, but he really, he's, he's, he's done an enormous amount of research. He not only has this interest for himself, but now he's also doing astrology readings for other people as well. And um, he's one of the board of directors for the International Society for Astrologist Research, which is pretty impressive. That's what the ISAR was. I was going to say, what is that? And um, Astrology News, and he's the co-founder of International Society of Black Astrologers. So you kind of found a little niche there, too. That's true. And um, you're a faculty member of International Academy Astrology. I had no idea there was all this extensiveness to it, but it's an industry, right? Just like anything. Um, He's written for astrology.com, tarot.com, ebony.com, New York Magazine, and he has a home website, which is unlockastrology.com. So you got you got some good foundation there of being able to have a good understanding of astrology and to be able to help us out. And because we're in the month of inspiration, I'm really interested in how astrology can inspire us to be better and do better. And when we were on a break, you were talking about a story of somebody that you met that had the same birthday as you. You want yeah. to pick up where you yeah. left so off there? What I was saying is that one, cause you asked me what was the defining moment. So I had a, a series of micro moments initially. And one micro moment was meeting someone who had the exact same birthday as I did, as I was talking about meeting this astrologer. So I felt, even though I wasn't as concerned with divine providence anymore, that something was at work here. I mean, I just couldn't ever completely dispense with the idea that there is some aspect of consciousness that is larger than ourselves, whether you want to define it as God or you want to just define it as pure consciousness. However you want to put it, I I just, I had that sense, and especially in a moment like that, because I was like, all the people I could have met how have I met someone in my building, in my vicinity at a very large university who was born the same exact day as I am? Now, yeah. there is a you know, statistical likelihood that that's possible, but that's usually more related to the birth date, not necessarily to the birth date year. So, oh, okay. So it was both. It was, yeah. It was like, it was both. Yeah. You know, yeah. the only astral twin that I really know of is Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo is also born the exact, same exact day as I am. Um, yeah, I have Johnny Depp on my day. Okay. Oh, hey. Wow. Okay. Johnny Depp. Yeah. He's on your day and year as well? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. day and year. So anyway, that was one big particular moment where I was like, okay, something is happening. I don't know what, but I'm just going to roll with it. But I would say that the key defining moment is when I embraced the quote unquote belief in astrology. And I was at a party, a Christmas party in New York. I had just been like in New York a year and, you know, things really took off for me with astrology once I had moved from Philadelphia to New York because there's a, 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 a broader, um, I might even say deeper level of community related to astrologers in New York. So I was starting to meet more people who was interested in, and into astrology. But I was at a party and I was debating a skeptic or I was talking to a skeptic. And he just said to me, he's like, but do you really believe it? 
And what hit me is that I said, almost without thinking, like, yeah. And then I reflected on, like, yeah, I guess I'm sold. I believe it, you know, that. And, and now I could even look at that is that I wasn't so much saying I believe in it, because I'll come back to that in a second, as much as I'm committed to what astrology has to teach. And why I would say, oh, it's not so much about belief or whatever, because if I said to you, Bonnie, do you believe in English? Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say like, well, Sam, it's, it's the language I know, it's the language I use, and it's the language I've learned. That's how I feel about astrology. It's like what you use. I don't have to kind of go into belief in it. It's not necessarily a belief system or religion. Ah, okay. Do you feel like, because, you know, I, I know that there's some people like originally you had more of a, a fate-based um, sure. belief system. I know that there's a lot of people that do find and find it and consider it to be kind of on the dark side. Ooh. Yeah. So that's one myth. So let's talk about the myth. And some yeah, aspect, but, the, the cool thing about myths is that we often define them as stories that are based in eternal truths that neither have to be or are necessarily historical, right? So that's how we, we talk about myth. And we're on the brink of one particular myth, however you want to look at it, and I'm not trying to step on anyone's religion, but one of the, the great sins of myths are also two, you know, in terms of Passover, Pesach, you know, in terms of leaving mm -hmm. And then also in terms of the crucifixion of Christ. Some people are like, oh, was he a historical figure? Was he actually the figure that we, we dictate? So that's one aspect of myth, right? So related to astrology, going back to you know, relig religion and religiosity, is astrology against my religion? And I, I actually am participatory in three of the Judeo-Christian Islamic faiths. So I was a Christian, and in 2012 or 2011, actually, October, I also converted to Islam. That's a different conversation. But in two of those faiths, Christianity and Islam, both poo-poo in different ways, astrology. So mm -hmm. what's the truth? What's the myth? What's the story here? My take on this is that both in the Quran and also in the Bible, there are strong references to astrology and to the constellations, and not just for astronomy. So there's ways in which the story of the heavens tell a story. So one particular way, especially from Christianity, one of the first things they say is that how did the first people to find Jesus find Jesus? Well, we know the story of the Magi. And like a lot of people like to say, well, no, those were astronomers. No, they were astrologers because they weren't just looking for a star just to find the star and kind of calculate its brightness. They were directed from the star in looking for a particular meaning, which we now define as the Messiah. Mm. That kind of thinking is something that permeates all different aspects of the scripture, and we also could go into some elements of the Quran. But I think there is an important caveat related to religion that those who are really embroiled in religion, I think you will resonate with. One thing is, I do not believe your horoscope or your, your relations to the planets or relations to astrology should trump your relationship to your creator or the divine or to the sense of fate. If you believe in a single God, then that's kind of more so what you believe is dictating how you live your life. Mm -hmm. What astrology does in relation to that is illustrate on a personal level how you are in alignment or can be in better alignment in relation to that, in, in relation to the divinity. 
So it's more so if you want to kind of have a time where it's, it's time to move on a job, but you're not sure and your faith is particularly weak and like, well, is it really time for me to look at it? You can right. consult with an astrologer to kind of get perspective. I've been praying for this. Is this the moment in which I should embrace the, the possibility of a new job? And the astrologer either can say yes or no. So I think that becomes a critical understanding where a lot of people feel like astrology is going to take me away from God and put me towards Satan. Yeah. The thing is, anything that you place, especially with the monotheistic religions, anything that you place ahead of God, whether that's like where you get more into like, could be makeup videos, could be anything, that's where you've compromised your sense of relationship. That's not just exclusive to astrology. So that's where yeah, I think. That's, that, yeah, that's a good point. That kind of, you know, levels the playing field there, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So what have you what have you found then? I mean, because there's probably like a dozen myths that are out there in regards to this. But what have you found to be kind of more of the inspiration and the benefits for people when you do these readings? What happens? What What's that sense that happens that, you know, they feel more complete or what? So one thing is that they're sensing these things that are happening in their lives and they don't have a language. They don't have a way of describing in any kind of specificity what's happening. Mm -hmm. So they don't know what the signification is of, you know, dealing with Mars or a particular cycle or eclipses. And so it gives them a language, not so much where it's like, well, Saturn is doing this to you. It's not so much my view that Saturn is doing anything to a particular person is that Saturn is signifying this particular aspect of your life that either you are able to accept and work with, or you're resisting. Saturn's a great example because I have a nickname for Saturn. I call Saturn the planet that sits your butt down, right? And mm. when I say I call him that, it sounds severe. It sounds like, and I always picture Saturn as kind of a Samuel L. Jackson type. In <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. The leather jacket. Very, very directive. Very directive and be like, oh, you know, sit down, you know, and maybe even saying some invectives with it, right? Yeah. So, but Saturn is asking, you know, at this particular moment, maybe to sit down because maybe you're exerting too much energy in a certain way that um, is over the top and it's kind of more to conserve your energy or to discipline your energy. Or creating resistance to maybe where you should be. Correct. And yeah. you're not contemplating your, your situation, just like a coach calling you out of the game. And you might be thinking like he's scolding you or she's scolding you. Whereas it's saying like, yeah, um, we're up by 60 points and you got us 40 points on the board. I think it's okay for you to take a rest. Yeah. So it could be understanding the nature of your situation. So that's one. I think also it's a comfort to know that you're not crazy, that there's something else <laughs> that confirms. That one's got to be a good one, right? Right. There. A lot of people it confirms, I'm not crazy. My horoscope said this. <laughs> you know, it confirms what you're feeling because someone independently is like starts talking to you and saying like, this is what I would see happening. Are you in, you know, like some people have accused me, like, have you been eavesdropping? Did, did someone, especially if they've been referred to me by someone else, did someone else tell you like, my situation. Nope. You know, this is kind of what I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. And this is, and so they see like the correlation. I think the other thing is, and most useful, and this is how I think about astrology is look, thinking about timing and working with timing. So mm -hmm. it's the time to do particular things. Like even in the Bible and Ecclesiastes, it talks about there's a time to do this. There's a time to sow. There's a time to reap. And so astrology helps you know what time it is, you know, in terms of particular actions. So one illustration I also like to give as an analogy it's like when to catch the bus. You actually, if you live by a bus stop, and I have, 
you can just kind of wing it and just go out and be like, okay, let me see if the bus comes. But it's way better to have a schedule to know that the bus is coming right. at this particular time. And then that's when I would be best to be within that window at the bus stop. So astrology kind of gives you a clue, like here's when to be at the bus stop and to know when you can kind of catch the next wave of the thing you're trying to catch. Yeah. And I've had a lot of uh, friends and, and close acquaintances and everything that they, they do kind of create it as a little bit of a guidepost for them where it's like, you know what, it's just, it's, it's in my charts right now to just not sign any big contracts. So I, I'm going to just, I'm going to just hang with it for a little bit. And, you know, maybe I'm missing something, maybe I'm moving too fast. And they, they do kind of, they, they feel like they're guided by that to some Correct. degree. Right. So I think it becomes way of understanding um, how to kind of move in the world in a way that is much more contemplative. So one word I love to use that is actually in our language all the time is the word consider, right? So when I say consider this, Bonnie, or consider that, right? So the etymology of that word, consider, actually breaks down to con, which we know as with in Latin, and sitter comes from the root sidere, which means stars, so when you ask someone to consider something, what you are saying is to think with your stars. Mm -hmm. So astrology ultimately is concerned with the work of contemplation, to be much more thoughtful, to be much more present, not to kind of be caught up in fear, not to be caught up in wariness and weariness. It is ultimately, in essence, the idea of inspiration and how we get more in touch with reaching for the heavens. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Um, you know, I think one of the other things, too, is I think a lot of people base it on, you know, past experiences. So, like, I heard this the other day where it's like, um, I was in an Uber. I have the most interesting conversations in Ubers, it seems like. And she was more of a numerologist um, type of person and everything. But we were kind of chit-chatting back and forth and everything. And, and she was she was just saying stories of like, you know, this girl dated this Scorpio guy and then that's it. Scorpios are off the, you know, off the market for her. She'll never date another Scorpio again because she had a bad experience one. So I, I see a lot of people tapping into astrology for relationship support. Yes. So that's another great myth. You're bringing up all the, the juiciest and choices. Because I've been books. there. Right. So let's talk about that. And I can give a very succinct answer. Often when people say, like, I don't date or I don't deal with X sign, what I hear as an astrologer is that there is some understanding, some way in which you're understanding that same, that sign that's reflective of a misunderstanding or a lack of engagement within yourself. So when you say, I don't want to deal with any Libra men, I'll give you an example. I once was talking to an eight-month pregnant woman in August. And she was going on about, so she was due the following month. So she was going on about how she hates Libra men and what Libra men, you know, what they have done to her and what, you know. And I just listened and I was like, so trying to document, kind of get her to talk more about her experience of it. And then it's pointed out very quietly. So what are you having? Do you know if you're having a boy or a girl? I'm having a boy. Do you realize that next month or in October, you're going to have a Libra? Right. So she's about to manifest intimately. No. And raise. Yeah. So often this happens. So, for instance, I'll just tell you my own example. 
is that for years, you know, I talked about how I didn't get along with Sagittarians, right? And I would go on. And my problem with Sagittarians, even though I thought I could be one, once I re- realized I wasn't, I was like, okay, they annoy me. And then they ha- I have these issues with them. What I wasn't dealing with is that sometimes with Sagittarius, they have a lot of enthusiasm. So sometimes they can overstate yeah. with their enthusiasm. You know, like there were hundreds of people at the party <coughs> and there were like 20, right? But what are they conveying? They're conveying enthusiasm. So I was resistant to embracing my own sense of enthusiasm. <coughs> so guess who I've been married to for six years and with for seven years? <laughs> a Sag. So that's kind of like you, you pay attention because you might be blocking your blessings. And that's what I would say to people who are very resistant to saying like, I will never deal with X or Y. Yeah, I think there's, um, like you said, there's different variations of it. Your brother has happened to have one personality as a Scorpio. You have a different kind of personality Correct. as a Scorpio being on the front end of the month and the back end. And I think there's a lot of variances. My sister's a Gemini like me, but she's a May Gemini. Right. And although we have, you know, some things in common, she's still very different than me because she's a different person. Right. And she also has a different chart. You know, yeah. So she has a, and she has a very different chart um, as well. So that's interesting. All right. We do have a question though. um, That came up here on Facebook. Let me track it down here. Um, All right. So is astrology a good opportunity to be able to ask for things like, is now the right time to get a pet? Yes. Okay, good. Yeah. In fact, a client just asked me that and I could see like in terms of the time frame, and it wasn't immediately in that moment, but it was some, I told her like July would be a better time. And I had reasons per her chart why I said that particular time frame. So that is a, an excellent question, and that's something that astrology can do. Yeah. So how do you work with clients, Samuel? Do you, do you do, go on Zoom like this and be able to create opportunities for people to meet with you? Do you meet with them personally, one-on-one? I meet all three ways. So I, I actually, because Zoom is so cool, right? Yeah. So, so Zoom also has an option where you can just work by a phone number. Mm-hmm. So, I use that for people to be able to call in and then I can also talk to them through Zoom or we can talk through video and actually have, and I also do classes through video. So that's another way in which I, for instance, use Zoom. And then the other way is that, yeah, I meet people in person and I have an office in Manhattan. So I just kind of journey into Manhattan and that's for usually a full consultation, which is 60 minutes. I don't do 30 minute consultations um, live in person. But if someone wants to have like a full consultation with me, I'll happily meet them in my Manhattan office. How long, how long is it though, if it's a full consultation? 60 minutes is a full consultation. 30 minutes is a, I won't say a half consultation, but it's a shorter consultation. Right. Yeah. And do you, do you, you, do you look at, do you want them to come prepared with their date, their year, their location? Well, when they book a session and remember um, one thing to say is that people who book sessions, if they use, beauty right um in booking a session with me they actually will get like 30 well yeah they get 30 dollars off they actually get 35 dollars off um off a full session and one thing that's really cool is that they they can actually when they book the session um what i would say is that they can put in their birth data and then that way i'll have it and the birth data i need is birth date with birth year birth place as in city and then birth time, as in born 
a.m., p.m. at a particular time, like 12. Yeah, a lot of people don't seem to know when they were born. Yes, that's true. I mean, one way in which you can resolve that is that you can write usually your Department of Vital Statistics in your city or your city Mm -hmm. and request something very specific. It's called the long form. Yeah. The short form, which is what most people get, and there's a long form that will have the time. But if you can't get your birth time, there is something that an astrologer can do that's called rectification. And rectification is if you know roughly the range in which you were born. Or morning, middle of the morning. Right. Then an astrologer using particular events in your life that, you know, I can ask you or, you know, there's a survey I send, I can actually come to what rectify and construct a chart that works with the events that have happened in your life. Oh, interesting. Service. Yeah. Come with the actual booking, but. Um, it's good to have a time. And that's something I specialize in. Yeah, perfect. Well, I'm, you know, having had it done before, I'm very interested in doing it again with you for sure. Um, And I I bet some of my listeners are interested in this as well. So will you give them how they can uh, connect with you? Because you are offering a special and um, what's the website or how do they get hold of you? So they can go to unlockastrology.com. So that's all unlockastrology on one word, one word. And then they will see where to contact Sam and book a session. And from there, they can book a consultation with me. Now, the one thing I will say is that they have to be sure to put in the code starting. Um, it, can't, it won't be immediate, <laughs> but they can put in the code beauty. Um, and I'll make sure it's all lowercase or even. Uppercase, okay. And that way they can get the discount. Yeah. So it's so. Yeah. And I'm going to post this uh, to release tomorrow. Um, you're going to get that link all working. And yeah. then, so it's normally $185, but you're offering it to my listeners and my for Facebook 150. friends for $150. So that's fantastic. And I, listen, I, I gained so much perspective. And I'm at that point in my life that the astrologer, when I was 20, talked about where I would be at this point. So I feel like it's time to do it again. So, all right. So unlockastrology.com. That's correct. You're going to go to book a session. And you're going to put in the word beauty. Uh, lowercase would be fantastic if we can that's make right. that happen. And then that's going to give you guys this discount as a beauty inside and out listener to be able to have a reading with Samuel. And you record it. And I do. I record the the uh, the 60 minute sessions. I don't record the 30 minute sessions. Okay, perfect. So go for so, the, and go and for the 60 because yeah. And people can go if they're looking just specifically where to go. Go to where it says readings at the top. Um, for the menu and then you can just select readings and then go down and go to book a private reading and then perfect good well this was very interesting thank you for busting the myths of astrology and yeah your perspective more even but we we yeah i know it goes so it goes so fast an hour goes so fast it does Um, but i appreciate you being on and and giving us some insight about that and you guys unlocking astrology unlock astrology.com is how you're going to find samuel i'll make sure that i post it as well and you know we're still in april we're still in the month of inspiration so be sure to join me next week it's thursdays at five i'm live um, and we got uh, Dr. Gary Salyer next week, and he wrote a book, It's Safe to Love Again. So we're going from astrology to love. And uh, appreciate awesome. all you guys always supporting Beauty Inside and Out, following me. Uh, find me on my uh, Facebook pages at Bonnie Bonadeo or Beauty Inside and Out Show is all of my official pages for the radio show. Can I as always, me? yes. Can I say one thing? So Yeah. Rumi has written once he said, the sky will bow to your beauty if you do. 
Mm, That's beautiful. Thank you for that. Yes. And I will close it out saying, and remember to always be you in beauty. Thank you for listening to Beauty Inside and Out. Please join your host, Bonnie Bonadeo, again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. 